Welcome to Uncultural Bias Podcast. My name is Kamar Williams. I'm your host. On our show, we say that culture is just a matter of perspective and opinion. After all, culture is just another way to say discovered. We are uncultural, we are biased, and we are black. If you're tuning in, uh, I'd like to t- tell people to continue to subscribe to our show. If you're on Apple and Spotify, and be sure to visit the website, kamarwilliams.com, where I have an active blog. Uh, this is a great place for those to visit and leave suggestions on shows, as well as check out the blogs I have that may or may not address things that I, I put on the show or just things I wanted to talk about um, just in general throughout the week. So if you're listening on Apple, uh, please be sure to rate my episode. I would please um, love a five-star rating on that. It's a great way for Apple to uh, check the algorithms and see engagement of those who are listening. So it's easy. Just go press a five-star rating, say I want to write a review, and go ahead and leave that. And it's uh, great for also people who want to just trying to see what the – Scuttlebutt is about the show. All right, now that we've done all that, let's get into why we're doing a special podcast. I actually had another podcast in mind, and I was going to drop that. Then something happened, and, you know, it forced me to change it up and address this big, big interview that happened on Sunday. Uh, today, I'm joined by my friend Keisha Mulford. Keisha and I admittedly grew closer over the campaign over the last 12 months. Most notably because it was a very competitive and successful campaign. And as campaigns tend to do, you share many moments with people and you get to see how their mind works and process information. Uh, you know, the conversations become like exercises in understanding um, who they are and, wh- and what they're about. And, you know, with the added pressure of campaign season, either you tend to grow really close to people or you tend to disdain. Uh, thankfully, for Keisha and I, um, it was the former, not the latter. Uh, since the campaign here and I have continued our intense conversations, and ironically, one of the subjects we landed upon most recently was the imagery of just black women being deemed intimidating, difficult, angry, loud, unmanageable. I say ironically because on Sunday, March 7th, Oprah Winfrey, the icon, dropped an iconic interview, true to her name, true to her, um, her status, with the Duchess of Sussex and the, um, and the Duke of Sussex. Of course, I'm referring to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Uh, and so joining me in the conversation, as I had said, is my friend Keisha. Keisha, what up? Hi, Kamara. I'm happy to be on your show. I'm happy to be a part of your podcast. Listen, I'm proud of all that you are doing. I had to threaten him to get on this you show. You did have y'all. to threaten me. And I, you know what? It was funny because... <laughs> Okay, first of all, we got to do what we usually do. It's a corny thing. Give a round of applause for everybody. It's time coming on the show. Thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. <laughs> <laughs> but you did threaten me because you were like, I mean, Kamar, you're going to ask everybody to get on the show, but not me. And we talk all the time. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to find something for you. Well, more than that is like you're going to sit here and we're going to do these think, tank, think tanks and think pieces together. We're going to talk them out and then you're going to say, all right. How about you bring such and such on the show? Like, what? How does that even work? Help me understand. Well, I'm confused. Well, you listen, listen, you know what? So, but true to form, though, I text you like early in the early in the a.m. You did. And I was like, you want to jump on this? And you were like, true that. You probably woke up with crust in your eye like, what? I did. <laughs> like, what is happening? And why is he texting me so early in the morning about this topic? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> early for you is like really like. Just it's not even. I've I've been up like hours. That's early for like most people. I'm up like yeah. four or five in the morning. That's it's, early for me. That's 
That's dumb Give early. Give two more hours. Yeah, that's and dumb I'll be early. Good to go. Yeah, if you're real friends, know I text him like dumb early in the morning. I don't know what. I know this now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually learned it on a campaign drill that you text extremely early and want to have an intense conversation. I do first thing in the morning. I do, and then people were like, "What? What is going on?" And I'm literally like, my mind is already on 100. Like it's, I don't even eat. That's why I don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee either. Yeah. It's more so that I don't like the taste of it. Really? More than me just being on 100. I think you're just on 100. I am on 100. Yeah. Na- caffeine doesn't does nothing for me naturally. Because if I drink coffee, I'll probably, literally, I'll be up for like 48 hours. Because I'm naturally like high energy. That's ridiculous. It's weird. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's not healthy, but it's whatever. Nobody cares about my coffee intake. What they care about is the topic of this show um and to address that interview what do you think i mean before we get into it just tell me because we're gonna get into the meat and themes of that interview but just on a aesthetic thing like grand uh point of view what were your initial thoughts my initial thoughts are people are who you think they are and make no mistake about it the royals long ago wrote the book on Imperialism, imperialism, colorism, (laughs) microaggressions, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think we should be surprised that people are who they tell us that they are. Yeah. I did have a great level of empathy for Megan, particularly when they would show flashback pictures of her in moments where she looks beautiful and then she is identifying where her husband is clenching her fist or clenching her, her hands hand, yeah. into a fist so that she knows that he has her mm. because she didn't want to be here anymore. Mm. Even after having a child, even after giving birth, all of those things. And, and so I gained a greater level of empathy for her because she was pushed to a point that I believe a lot of minorities get to particularly black women Mm -hmm. um and i think hers is on another level right because there are people who don't see her as all the way black she's a Mm fair-skinned black woman right she has very eurocentric yes a fair-skinned mixed-race black woman right and so i think that comes with its own things yeah trials and tribulations as well so I definitely gained a, a lot of empathy for her, but I was not surprised that the Royals are who we knew they were. And I want us to stop acting like we're surprised that they are who they say they are. Yeah, I, I mean, I really wasn't shocked. Well, you know, on social media, a lot of people are, and they're like, oh, how dare they? And I'm like, are you talking about the same family that was inbreeding? Are we talking about the same family? Are we talking about the same family that has, like, stolen, like, built their wealth off of, like, Literally colonies around the world. Yeah. Of color. It's the crazy. Same family. So same I'm like, family. uh, yeah. Come on, y'all. Yeah. Let's not do this. Get it together. Mm. What did, what did, uh, what did, uh, 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 our, the singer of the moment, um, the singer of the moment, uh, she has a song called Hotels. Jasmine Sullivan. Jasmine, <laughs> Jasmine Sullivan. Get it together, bitch. <laughs> 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 I was not expecting I'm like what What Jasmine got to do with, with imperialism And these colonizers Don't bring Jasmine into this Listen, I like Stay that. out of Philly business I like that song though I like that I like that album it's a dope I love album. Jasmine Sullivan Yeah She's dope She is dope Shout out to Jasmine Sullivan Alright 
Um, get it together, bitch. So, <laughs> so listen. All right. I want to start off. There's so many things we can get into. Um, I'm gonna just start off with the idea of like, like difficulty. So I'm gonna drop a scene. All right, and we'll we'll discuss it. We'll tear it apart. So. Okay. That picture that we were all seeing behind the scenes, obviously, there was a lot of drama going on. And soon after your marriage, the tabloids started offering stories that painted a not-so-flattering picture of you in your new world. There were rumors about you being Hurricane Megan. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. Okay. So there were rumors about you being Hurricane Megan uh, for the departure of several high-profile palace staff members. Mm-hmm. And there was also... So I stopped. It was, keeps going. But um, I found that really, really interesting uh, because there, there were already the firm, which, first of all, it's really fucked up that a family is called the firm. Yeah. Like, that should yeah. already tell you, like, that's some, like, real deep-seated shit right there, it right? It sounds like a scene from Belly. It sounds like it, it, it sounds like a scene <laughs> from Tom Clancy's novels. Like, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. But, yeah. um. It's what I, I pull from that. And I, I again, I'm not saying that Meghan Markle is the embodiment of black women in this podcast. But I do think if we are very careful and we do a structured evaluation, we can pull a lot from her experience for what um, a lot of black women feel around the world, you know, especially here in the United States. So the, what I thought was interesting about that particular scene was the idea and constructing of the narrative of her being difficult mm-hmm. and being just Hurricane Megan and the, the weaponizing of that. Um, you want to expound on that one? Much of my experience as a black woman in white space yeah. was adhering to that dog whistle or acknowledging that that dog whistle exists. Right. I think when we hear the term aggressive and, and how it's monitored with with particularly women of color, we have to look at a multitude of things. It's not just the, uh, the micro aggressions. It's the micro assaults. Yeah. It's the micro insults. It's I have given you a boundary and I had the audacity mm-hmm. to say that I have a boundary that's needed to protect me. And that is considered to be aggressive yeah. or now I'm hurricane Meg. Right. Because I put boundaries on what I'm going to permit Mm -hmm. or what I'm going to allow when it comes to my life. There was a a part and and I'm going and I'm going ahead. There was a part in the interview where she spoke to how she and Harry were married three days before the world saw their wedding. Yeah. Because she wanted something that just belonged to them. Yeah. And I believe it caused issues because how dare you? How dare you Carve take ownership yeah. of your own self? Yeah. And what is this broad, beautiful life that we portray to the entire world? Mm. And so I think that there are so many levels to that. And as a black woman, like, you know what that means, right? right. Like, you're triggered when you hear it because we are told um, that when we do certain things, we are aggressive or whatever. And, and I get it regularly. I, I get that. Oh, the, she's scary. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And I remember 
one of the first times I heard that a, a black woman saying that she was afraid of me. And I'm like, well, what? Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, I'm an Aries through and through. Mm-hmm. Strong, you know, fiery, mm-hmm. all of that. But I'm very sensitive. Like, I'm very sensitive, particularly when it comes to other people, other women, and especially when those women look like me. Yeah. But I think that it's been embedded in us that we that, that we now, so much so that we now take on some of those um, tropes. Yeah. On our own, and it's dangerous. So I applaud Megan for recognizing that that's what it was and not taking ownership of it. So you know what's interesting? I, I, I thought about everything you just said, and I, and I thought about just women. You know, my wife, she works in corporate America, and I, I, I'm fascinated. You know, this past year in COVID, I got to see how she operates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before I never really saw how she operated on over the phone and during meetings. And sometimes she doesn't know I'm watching, but I'm watching her. And I just kind of went, just evaluate her interactions. And there's a very stripped down personality to her. She's not really, her voice elevates mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, smoothed out to the sides. Like she's not giving them her whole self. And whether it's intentional, instinctional, I mean, it's a code switching. We know what that's about, but the idea of black women and the ideal of how people want black women to be are two different things, right? The idea of a black woman is very, she's strong and she's, you know, she's uh, um, unflinching in what she wants. And she, and she should be, right? Because society will try to tear that down. But the ideal of what they want black women to be is, is to either, um, you know, be the white woman whisperer or the mammy or kind of like silent or just kind of, you know, not really not aggressive in that way. And I felt like with the Megan situation, that was what they were saying. Like, Oh, because we don't even know what happened in that moment, but I can almost guarantee she wasn't, she doesn't even come off someone like the aggressive. Like that's not even from what we've seen. Obviously we don't know who Megan Markle is like, right. But um, just her demeanor doesn't come off as somebody who's, hurricane or an aggressor and truth be told too we don't know what that moment um what that moment even represented because even if she was pissed off in a moment and she might have yelled at somebody she that's okay because you you're allowed to be your whole self and be pissed off like so if i for a the the levels of how a black woman is supposed to act they're not given the opportunity to act within themselves because if so then it's already you know, paired it like, oh, well, she's being really, really aggressive. You know, it can't be because, no, she's just upset and she has a right to be upset. And that is, and not being allowed to operate freely in the entirety of yourself and your emotions, you know, we'll get into that later on, but it, it has a debilitating effect on just who you are. And then when your character, your characterized as being, you know, difficult or, you know, hurricane, quote unquote, um, it has a pejorative effect on you and how people view you. I think being a black girl, being a black woman in that type of space already comes with its own complexities. Even when you talk about, so it comes with its own complexities. Like when you, when you speak about your wife and how she code switches, right? We know what that is. And I, I smile because I know exactly what that is. Right. And I do think it's necessary, right? Because you don't have to be And Okay. So I think it's necessary Sometimes, 
right? Because every moment doesn't require you to be larger than life, right? And sometimes, you know, especially like with my friend group, I laugh because we'll do something and I'm like, why are we so extra, right? So right. in those instances, it's like, I, this it wouldn't even be appropriate to bring this to this setting, right? right. But what about the moments where you just simply disagree mm-hmm. or you have an altering viewpoint or your, your analysis of something is different from someone else in a group. And it doesn't even have to be someone who isn't black. It can, or, you know, a white person, it could just be a man, you know, right. or someone who's in a position of authority over you. They feel they're in a position of authority over you. So they treat you a certain way. So when you talk about, you know, how your wife co-switches, I think everyone can, uh, can relate to that because we find ourselves in situations where we feel that is required in order to exist. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting. Yeah. Right. Because you're managing, in essence, two beings, like who you truly are Mm -hmm. and who you have to be to not be Hurricane Meg. Right. Right. And I think that's when it gets dangerous. Right. And not to be Hurricane Keisha or whomever. Oh, yeah. And I definitely I know I can be Hurricane Keisha. But I think once you're 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 given that title. It comes with that trope comes with such danger yeah that is inescapable right? right the moment you know you're aggressive you're deemed aggressive people are going to pull that and every single time you do something right there she go there she go and they don't even they, they don't listen to you anymore you're not a person it's, anymore. Not, you're it's char- literally yeah. that's what it is you're like, characterized yeah you're characterized as this person who is aggressive you know unruly or or mm. however you want to paint that picture off of a word that literally is just giving way too much power. Right. And it comes from how people label black women in order to control and maintain our whole people, yeah. who we are as a people. And, 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 and that's what I believe is happening with Hurricane Meg. Well, it, it, it lays a dangerous precedent to your, to your point, right? Because now to you, as you said, not only internally, that's how they're going to approach you, but externally, the world, and they yeah. don't even know you, right? They're going to look at you as that bitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or yeah. what are, like everything is deemed aggressive. Like everything's deemed with nefarious and everything's deemed like, oh, yeah. she's trying to. And so. Let it, me tell you, Kamar, I've literally been in situations and, and I mean, even like with my mom, sometimes I'll be talking to my mom and she'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm just talking. You're, right, you're just but don't, animated. But don't, talking. but don't, don't put passion in it. Right. Right. Don't, don't get passionate about it. Don't, right. don't break, don't raise your voice just a little bit wow. or don't disagree firmly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You even have to coddle how you disagree because the moment you disagree with someone right. and it isn't. The, well, you know, yeah, I don't know. Right. You got when it, it isn't passive aggressive, then right. it's like, up oh, there she go. There right. she go. Angry right. black woman. She's right. angry. She's aggressive. And it's like, no, I disagree. And this is why. Right. And men are oftentimes praised for that. When you, when you think about the great men who are interviewers or, or all of their go-getters when they are, or lo- lawyers, when you, when you, when you look at or differentiate a male 
and a female in a courtroom setting or in a setting where they are responsible for giving out certain news, how that male gives it and how that female gives it will be viewed two in two different lenses mm. under two different lenses. One is going to be, he's going to be a go-getter. He's going to be competent. Right. He's going to be praised where she's going to be aggressive and she's going to be uncan uncanned and, yeah, yeah. you know, delirious, right? right? Saying the same exact things. And we see it time and time again and mm. how people respond to women. Mm. I agree. I agree. And it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's that they want you to be demure in, in your approach yeah. and in how you respond to things and how you take on things. And yeah. it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's terrible, but at the same time, we'll get into this later, but Megan almost, she kind of was naive in that and we'll get into her yeah. naivete in that. Yeah. Um, so another thing I kind of want to talk about, cause this leads into it. It's gaslighting mm. of the um, and shifting the victim and victimizing of shifting the victim and victimizing of, of a particular party. And um, what's it? What is this? Oh, right, a it story. Is. Did you hear this one about you making Kate Middleton cry? This I heard about. You heard about that. OK, this was that was a that was a turning point. That was a turning point. Six months after Harry and Meghan's wedding, headlines began to swirl about a rift between Meghan and her sister-in-law, the Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton. It was reported that Meghan had left Kate in tears over the bride-to-be's strict demands over flower girl dresses. The narrative with, with Kate, which didn't happen, was really, really difficult and something that I think that's when everything changed, really. You say the narrative with Kate, it didn't happen. Mm. So specifically, did you make Kate cry? No. So where did that come from? Was there a situation where she might have cried or she could have no, cried? No, the no. reverse happened. And I don't say that to be disparaging to anyone because it was a really hard week of the wedding and she was upset about something, but she owned it and she apologized and she brought me flowers and a note apologizing. And she did what I would do if I knew that I hurt someone, right? To just take accountability for it. What was shocking was, what was that, six, seven months after our wedding? Uh -huh. That the reverse of that would be out in the world? The story came out six, seven months after it actually happened. Yeah. So when you I say- never, I would have never wanted that to come out about her ever, even though it had happened. I protected that from ever being out in the world. So when you say the reverse happened, explain to us what you mean by that. A few days before the wedding, she was upset about something pertaining to, yes, the issue was correct about flower girl dresses. And it made me cry. And it really hurt my feelings. And mm. I thought in the context of everything else that was going on in those days leading to the wedding, that it didn't make sense to not be just doing whatever, what everyone else was doing, which was trying to be supportive, knowing what was going on with my dad mm. and whatnot. This was a really big story at the time that mm. you made Kate cry. Now mm. you're saying you didn't make Kate cry, Kate made you cry. So we all want to know what 
would make you cry? What, what, what were you going through? You were going through all of the anxiety that brides go through putting their wedding together. You know, it's a, it's a lot to pull from that. It's a, that is a very, I played the whole thing. I wasn't going to um, play the entire thing, but it's in that two and a half minute pocket. There was so much to unpack in that. <laughs> I see your face. You're like processing. Racial microaggressions are a subtle way of prejudice that are far more damaging than when you are outright racist. Mm. Say that twice. What did I say? <laughs> you said make, you said racial racial microaggressions. <laughs> yeah. Racial microaggressions are a subtle way, subtle type. I don't remember. It was good, so you have to rewind it. That's all right. Um, it's all good. <laughs> I mean, it's all good. No, but listen, but listen. The, um, Basically, I'm saying the how how racial microaggressions are because of their subtlety, they are far more damaging to the right. mental and physical health of one than someone who is outright racist. In this moment, this is what I hear. Right, this is what I learned in counseling and therapy. Shout out to Tell therapy. me what you hear. Tell me what you heard. Okay. What I heard was a woman who was already traumatized by. Her situation. What was happening, you know, yeah. in her own life, right? Yeah. Her The situation with her father that we really don't know about, right? We don't right. really know the full extent of what was happening to her father. Right. But as a, as a, as a woman or, you know, as a woman who, whose father is in her life or remembering on, on, on my wedding day, how special it was, the moments I share with my dad, I can only imagine, you know, the anxiety and what came with that, right? Well, pause. The fact of the matter is, haven't gone through a wedding. Weddings are stressful. They're stressful as hell. Endeavors, right? Like <laughs> they're it don't very ma- stressful. It don't matter if it's a five thousand wedding, five thousand yeah. dollar wedding, or a whatever it is, five million dollar wedding. Because you, but you want the other thing that I noticed was it doesn't matter like who you are. Everyone feels that they're entitled to how well your wedding is going to go or a part of your wedding. Like everyone has ownership of your union, which your is ridiculous, day. right? So we're gonna unpack that. Cause go keep going. Okay, so. Going back to the the racial microaggressions, talking about the victim, the black mm-hmm. woman couldn't be a victim. It couldn't be possible, right? Because bright here comes Bridezilla, right? Tripping about some flower girl dresses, mm-hmm. making you know beautiful Kate, who everyone loves, cry, right. and no one cleans it up. No one cleans it up. Knowing knowing what that does to the story, right? Knowing what it can do to a relationship. If this woman apologized, she bought flowers, gave her a handwritten note, acknowledged that she was wrong, what did that do to Megan when six or seven months later she stated, we're talking about how Megan made this woman cry when it was the reverse and no one went and no one, no one even thought twice about it. There's a lot to that, right? So first, let's just talk about the fact of we talked about her being her wedding day. Yes. And every woman, first, yeah, fuck that. Everybody, <laughs> male or male, female, whatever. It's if you've gone through a wedding. Um, I remember my wife wanted to like. She had. I remember she told me she actually wanted to like punch me or some shit like that. I don't know. Sheesh. The, the day before. Sheesh. I said something. <laughs> And I, I was so angry at her, and she was so angry at me because it's like we're just both stressed out. Aww. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. shit like that, right? It's just funny, but, um, but 
I don't know if she really wanted to punch me, but I'm sure she she was so like, upset with me. Yeah. But there's such an intense uh, situation, and but it's normal, right? And that's human. That's a very human thing. Like you see a bride getting married. Anytime I see a bride, you know, or they're getting ready to get married, they say, "What do you have invite?" I'd be like, first of all, number one, eat. Make sure you yeah. eat something, yeah. right? Because you're not you're not gonna eat. Number two, try to enjoy. Try to enjoy it because it's going to be a lot of stress that you can't, things you can't control. That is the human side. Everybody yeah. understands that thing, right? What that tells me in Megan's situation is that they try to strip away the human, humanity out of her. Mm-hmm. Because God forbid that, yeah, she gets mad about her flower dress, you know? Or God forbid, even if the, let's say the story on the surface was real, you know what I mean? And she was yelling at Kate. For getting mad at the story, even though that's not the story. But God forbid that that really happened, because guess what? She doesn't get that grace. She doesn't get that grace. Like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you get that grace of being upset about something? It's your fucking day. Because Kamara, I think that what we have learned through society, what we have learned just through living, is that black women are not offered the same grace that's extended to other people, and that's just the reality of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are some situations and some celebrities that may may have like similar treatment, right? Like Britney Spears, right? You know, mm-hmm. they treated they may as well treated Britney like she was a black girl. They you know how they like dog, like yeah. how they dogged her out. Yeah. You know, um, and not to compare Britney Spears to a black woman, but I'm saying her experience, how they treated her. And how they sabotaged her was much like Meg- Megan, right? right? No matter what happened, or, ma- or no matter what, no matter what did or did not happen, how the tabloids reported on Britney was very unfair. Right. Um, and I think that too often we and we don't allow ourselves grace, right? And so I think when when you are looking at women, particularly Black women, because that's the lens I can speak from, and you are looking at women who come from a lineage of, of being strong. Mm. And so I think there is something that's synonymous with that. When you are a strong woman, you are able to deal with things better. Yeah. You're able to adapt and deal with situations better than, than maybe others because of your situation. So I think when you step, when you step outside of that, it gives people pause because they see something that they don't like and what they don't like is often deemed aggressive or inappropriate. And I think that's what ultimately happened with Megan. But she did deserve the grace that we would give any other bride the week of her wedding. Her father's not coming. And that's what the story is. And there's like her two billion. Her I think there was a statement in an interview. Two, two billion people around the world watched it. Yes. That's a lot of fucking it's eyes. Ridiculous. That's a lot of eyes. To that's be a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. For anyone. For yeah. any woman. That is a lot of pressure. Especially when... You look, that isn't what you wanted. Like you didn't, you you didn't ask for that. She wanted well, Harry. I'm not going to give that. Well, I will because because uh, hold up. Okay, well, that's the end of the interview. I, don't, I mean, because <laughs> I, I, I want to get. We'll get into like what did she did she know what she was walking into? But I, what I want to say, irregardless if she if she wanted that or if she didn't want that, um, the fact that matters, anybody with a sense of humanity would say like she's under t- tremendous amount of pressure because she looks different than any other princess that came before her Agreed. other other than Charlotte. That Agreed. There were no cameras and anything back then, Princess Agreed. Charlotte, right? Yeah. Or Queen Charlotte. So um, I just felt that was fascinating. And then, but the real fascinating part of that is that 
she was turned into the the victim was turned into the aggressor or was turned into the um the antagonist in that situation mm-hmm. was fascinating though with that all all um Mary Kate had to say Mary- or Kate Kate Ellen, whatever <laughs> whatever they all this you know man and caught this lady Mary Kate yeah uh, full house shout out anyway um <laughs> So uh, the all, had, all Caitlin had to do was say that it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah, that's all she had to do. And you know what? I, it's not what we want though. Like when <laughs> someone is out here disparaging our name, it's we just you, want you to be like, "That's not it. That's not it. That ain't the that story. didn't happen at all. That's not the story. Matter of fact, we're good. Right. That's all. We're she, good. She could have said that didn't happen. We're good. Five words. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. that would have killed it. But it's the silence. Of our, you know, allies. Yeah. That really, Talk about it. that really is the most damaging thing. And that, that was what I wanted Oprah to go, but she didn't go there. It's like, it's the silence that what, what really killed it. Because when I, from what I pieced from that, what broke her heart wasn't the scuttlebutt about that. Yeah. It was like, well, damn, like, ain't, cause you go further than nobody said anything. No one did. Nobody said anything. Matter of fact, they said that they were not going to. Right, they no comment. Go- they were not going to correct it. Yeah. And it's like, so y'all just let this story... Matter of fact, not even y'all. Caitlin, you just let this shit yeah. marinate. You could have yeah. just easily let out a press release like, none of that happened. Y'all need to get off my sister-in-law. None of this shit happened. You, you know what I mean? When you talked about allies, I think that's why it's so important. Even just thinking back to this past summer with all of the Black Lives Matter protests and marches and from, you know, Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor to George Floyd to all of them. Black people wanted their white friends to say something. Right. And when you said that, it like it triggered that moment, right? Right. Where I remember there were some black people, oh, we don't need them to say anything. But the reality is if you are my ally, if you are my friend, if you are someone who knows right. me and my experience, speak up for me. Right. Speak up for me. If for no other reason to invalidate the wrong that is being right. if you see told it, about me. Right. And if you see something that was mischaracterized, yes. that is damaging yeah. me, if you really care about me, yeah. just say something. And that goes even to like, not even this situation, just to say like, Men dealing with women, right? Yeah. And you know, we got a saying, you know, it's very, it's my podcast. We be crew, like, don't, don't lie on your dick, right? Like, oh, yeah, you know, so men be like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. So men be like, yeah, yeah, man, I hit that, and then the, the, the narrative starts turning, and it's yeah. like, and it's like, damn, like, you just let you know, you go into the, the, your homeboy, you'd be like, yo, like, why'd you, you know, me and you were cool, yeah. you know, we, you know, nothing happened between us. Right. But you let everybody else think something happened between us. When the reality is nothing happened. Nothing happened. Yeah. And you're supposed to be my friend. Why'd you let that happen? Like, now everybody characterizes me as some woman of the night. Like, I'm creeping with you. And you know right. that didn't happen, right? And I would see it on my end from my friends. And I'd be like, I'd be calling them out. Like, dude, don't lie to your dick, boy. You just be, you know, but, yeah. you know, whatever. But you you hear it. But um, I just look at that in that entire scope, you know what I mean, of not protecting the people who you who you act like 
right. is your friend. So it's nice that she sent her flowers. Yeah. It's nice that he, she wrote her a note. But it's what you do in public that matters. Right. The disrespect needs to be just as loud. At, the apology needs to be just as loud as disrespect. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know... I don't want to, like, this is not a, I'm not on this, I hate Kate Train. I'm not. No. What I'm saying is, especially not on International Women's Day, okay? So I will never, you know, disparage a woman like that. What I am saying is, when you know that your sister mm-hmm. needs you is beyond what, what, what you want the public to perceive you as. Right. Particularly when there's something that is not true. That's happening. And it costs you nothing, right? It costs you nothing. You don't, you, they don't even have to go into the details of anything. Five it's words. It's just a simple, it did not happen. Yeah. We're good. It did not happen. So that's, you added, I said five, that's six words. So you added huh? six. It was, so I say it didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. It, did, <laughs> it okay. didn't happen. We're good. It didn't happen. We're good. Right. We're back to your five words. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, that's real. You know, um, I just I, I wish Oprah would have mind that, but I guess it's a lot she had to get to. But it, it, I felt like she could have really unpacked that, or you know maybe she's like I if you're smart enough to get it, you'll get it. You get it, and I don't need to like lay it out for you. Yeah, you know. So um, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Uh, another weird scene, but I wanted to like get you know get to it. It's um, Okay. Uh, there were stories where Kate was being praised for holding her baby bump. Oh gosh, have I done it since we've been sitting yes, down? You've probably. been doing it the whole time. Okay. Uh, the whole time. But Kate was praised for cradling her baby bump, and the headline about you doing the same thing said, "Megan can't keep hands off her baby bump for pride or vanity." What does it have to do with pride or vanity? Well, I'm just, I'm just telling you about the stories. Okay, okay? I hear then you. There, there, there was a whole online uh, a piece about this. Kate eating avocados to help with morning sickness. <laughs> oh, I heard. Okay, I heard about the avocado. One. Uh, but you were eating avocados <laughs> and uh, fueling murder. Apparently, now, wolfing down a fruit linked to water shortages, illegal deforestation, and environmental devastation. There was see, there seems to be there was a that's a really loaded piece of toast. <laughs> I mean, can you you would you have to laugh at a certain point because it's just. Do you do you remember when Hurricane Katrina happened and there was an image? I want to say on the front of Times, one of the magazines. Let me not lie on Times because it may not be them. There was an image and there was a black family and there was a white family. And both families are surrounded by freaking water. The black family looted the bread and pampers. The white family found the bread and pampers. Do you remember this? I just yeah, I do remember yet. Yeah. Google it. Google the image. Google yeah. that image yes. from Hurricane Katrina. When she spoke, when when Oprah was speaking to the 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 differences of how we perceive or how the public perceived Kate versus Megan it reminded me of that mm. and so when you're looking at that type of situation or when you're looking at how we characterize a black woman versus a white woman or in a, or, or let's not even talk about race an adored woman versus someone who is an outsider yeah you're not going to win. Yeah, you're not go- you're not going to win that battle, and I don't think that 
Megan could have won that. She right? was never going to win that, right? No, she wasn't going to win because, that. Because, like, they've already created the narrative for Kate that, you know, she was, you know, William's wife. Yeah. You know, and she's, you know, maybe in line for being the queen and, you know, or or, or whatever because, um, you know, there's a, there's a strong possibility that she may be in, in, in line, right? Yeah. And so, not in, for the queen, but, you I know. I know what you mean. Right. And um, so it's like they had to almost make sure that we are going to protect this woman's image. And you know what? It goes into a a little deeper thing of protecting the image of white women. Yeah. Right. Um, and I have a lot of I have white women friends who listen to the show. So I ain't t- talking about y'all. <laughs> I love y'all. Y'all are great. Thank you for listening to Uncultured Bias. Shout out. Um, <laughs> You're ridiculous. So, um, but you know, it's it reminds it reminded me of, and again, we talked about the British Empire being the originators of colonial and imperialism ideals and characterizations, but how in a 19th and 18th century, 16th century, whatever, 17th, 18th, 19th, especially. Um, they would uh, put out images of the, you know, pristine white woman, right? And she was glowing and her skin, da, da, da. And they would put out an image of a black woman and she was dark. And nothing wrong with dark, but they would try to make it like she was, everything was evil and wicked about her and everything was in, like, it, she was, and they, they would just oppose that between the two images, imagery. And we had to protect the, the imagery of, we have to protect white women and with black women, we have to demonize them. And that's what made me think about this, where they were, to your point, they characterized her in such a way, like eating toast, like clearly she's eating toast because something's bad. I mean, there must be something bad, uh, avocado toast or something bad she's doing or right. rubbing her stomach. So clearly it's some nefarious reason. And it's, it goes into that whole thing, right? And I, I again, that's part of the microaggressions, right? Um but I, that's what I got from that. And what, I, what it really broke my heart about it is raising two black girls mm-hmm. with the concept of black women existing. Yeah. And the harshness of, they just want to exist. And in the, you can't even just do something sim, just, just to exist without it coming off as a, like there's something wrong with you. Wrong with you. Did you ever watch that show, um... Lovecraft Country? You know, I don't like that show, Kamara. I tried. Too okay. much going on. Okay. Anyway, you should, it, it's a great show, but it is a lot going on in that show. Um, there was a scene, though, where Ruby, she turned into, she was a black woman and she turned into a white she woman. She turned into something. Yeah. Right, right. And <laughs> she, one of her things, like, she just wanted to sit on the, on the bench and eat ice cream. And, like, that was her day. She's just like, I just wanted to exist. I didn't want anything wrong. I didn't want nothing. I just wanted to exist, right? And I thought that was such a very poignant scene because it's like, damn, like you don't re- they, you don't realize that the level of pressure that people people are under, especially black women, when you just can't exist without being judged, without being you know characterized as being difficult or even sexualized. You know what I mean? Because white women, yeah. in that sense, are not sexualized. They're prop, prop, uh, propped, propped up. up. Yeah. But black women, 
we look at them as imagery of maybe now, especially because the advent of just media um, imagery of social media, they're propped up in a very sexual way. You know, what I mean, our body, they're not our body, their bodies are analyzed in a scope that is not like any other race. Well, I'm, I, I think that that even goes to if you look at our forever first lady, Michelle Obama and Melania Trump. Mm. Remember when they, they in, in, there was a line in scandal where Papa Pope told Olivia, you have to be twice as good to get half of what they have, right? Mm-hmm. She was more than twice as good. She was probably eight times as good as Melania Trump. Mm-hmm. But how she was perceived, Right, this college-educated attorney, accomplished, she was highly right? accomplished, yeah. Without her husband, yeah. Right on her own, sat she on, was a boss. She sat, sat on hospital boards, yeah. She was a boss on her own, yeah. From from when she was Michelle Robinson, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But look at how she was viewed by certain people, mm-hmm. or and, and I'm not viewed. and I'm and I'm not speaking to. You know, the second presidency, let's talk about the first. Yeah. Where her likeness was created in demons and um, manly figures. Yeah, they're trying to, they, they bushed her up. Yeah. All of these things to, yeah. to, of, of how, of how black women are perceived, right? Right. Um, and, 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 and let's be clear, everyone didn't do it, but there was still a large segment of, of the media that didn't probably the largest. Yeah, that that did not. Yeah, you know, condemn that. Yeah, and I think it just goes to the silence of our allies. Yeah, silencing not just the silence of our allies, but also keeping black people in their place, right? Like we're talking about the royal family. So again, I'm not surprised by any of this is happening to her. Yeah, you're talking about people who colonize. <laughs> Countries across the world, right? Mm-hmm. Why do I expect that they're going to do anything different for this black woman? No, the originators of it. I know? don't. Yeah. But I do think that she was deserving of better treatment than what she received. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's me being naive to think that, you know, it will happen or that she would have no, an not, ally it's, it's or thinking, whatever. But it's really thinking that humanity would would triumph would over. you where you yeah, meet you where you are. Yeah. I um the concept of the falsity of like the strong black woman. Yeah. I've always thought and as a recent it's become more of a thing, but I've always thought like man, that's a really like that's really pejorative on like the outlook of black women because it's it's damaging. Like you have it's it takes away the humanity of them. And it doesn't just take away the humanity. It doesn't allow you to have moments of being just free to right. make mistakes, to to have fears, mm-hmm. to have feelings. Yeah. When you look at how black women are treated in the media, or like look at look at you know Kamala when she was. When she was running, the expectations of of her. I remember when, before she was um, announced as a vice president um, nominee, when they were still on the debate stage, and she called out Joe Biden because she was one of the right. black kids right. who you know 
who unfortunately had to deal with the segregation that he signed off on, Mm -hmm. how people condemned her and how dare you and blah, blah, blah. But the reality was that black girl can have feelings Mm -hmm. and her feelings are real. And, and no matter how strong and how accomplished she is, I think that the world needs to allow black women to, to, to have those moments and to extend more grace, um, particularly how we extend grace to others. And it goes back to Megan not wanting to put Kate out there and we've gotten past that. You know, I've forgiven her. I don't want to rehash it. You know, the grace that she extended, it just needs to be extended back. Um, first of all, shout out to Joe Biden and Kamala. Yes, no. we did it. We did, we did it, Joe. It, Joe. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so um, but but here's the here's the fascinating thing about what you just you know circling back to the um, Megan and see this is why we talk because our mind mailed. Um, <laughs> she was she was willing to hold that. She's like, I'm gonna hold that for you. Like you know, what I mean, I, that's not gonna get out because I'm gonna protect that. You know, and she wasn't afforded that same light. You know, and it's oftentimes where it goes into this, like you said, strong black woman. Like we're, they're supposed to hold the water, hold the line when nobody else is going to do that same thing. Like you know what I mean? Like, and it's it's interesting we talked about U.S. politics in this because it's the same thing where it was expected that black women were going to carry the Democratic Party. You know what I mean? And so like it's like because they were going to hold the line, and then we and we almost. We just knew, like, okay, and we if we could just get like, if we could just get like forty seven percent white women, <laughs> get the vote. Yeah. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, we couldn't even, like, we weren't even asking for fifty fifty. Like, yeah. let me just get forty seven percent of white women to jump on board. We'll be all right. Yeah. So we they weren't even afforded the same type of, you know, pressures in that regard. It's like that's 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 wild to me, you know. But it shows you in every aspect, and that's why we're going through this interview the way we are because I feel like it really, it's a lot to gleam and pull from this, and that you can interrelate with a lot of scenarios that we've seen or and or experienced. I agree. You know, Um, so all right, moving on. So um, I was. You know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do like every little scene because, you know, we're not going to do that because we're already like we're good on we're going good on time. But we're having such a flowing conversation. I know. So um, but you already know. Look, I, already, I told Kamara, I have 10 minutes to work and from work. Don't have me out here listening to your podcast for three hours. It's OK. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to get into the fact that <laughs> we don't even get into that. <laughs> the fact that you don't listen to my, my you don't you listen to my podcast. I do listen. To, you do. Come on, I listen to your podcast. You do. You do. But you I do. Told we you don't, we it, don't. it takes me forever to I go know. through it. I know. That's what how, but because the conversations just flow. I um, know, and but now I understand. So what I, the point is, I understand it now because I'm <laughs> like I'm sitting here and I'm like, dang. Yeah, we're just going. How long we've been going? Yeah, wow, it doesn't even seem like it. No, that's the way it works. Um, I gotta keep in mind that he's an artist. I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> Shout out to Eric Badu. Um, so I was just really, I was thinking about mental health. And, you know, this will be the last scene I'll play. I mean, we'll still keep talking. I have a lot of subjects, but I want to keep playing scene after scene after scene because I have them all queued up, obviously. But um, Not many people have asked if I'm okay. 
but it's um, it's a very real thing to be going through behind the scenes. And the answer is, would it be fair to say not really? Okay, it's really been a struggle. Yes. Well, I would have to say in South Africa, when the reporter stopped and asked, are you okay? Mm. And woof, we all felt that. We all felt that, didn't we? We did. I would like, go ahead. When when I first saw it, because it would remember it was a big thing, right? Yeah. And you look at someone and maybe you can see yourself. You can look at the moments where, um, particularly for her, she's on this mission trip. Yeah. And she's doing something that at that time that was a part of her royal duties. Mm-hmm. And what I appreciated about her was she could have lied. She could, Oh, I'm good. I'm good, yeah. I'm good. I appreciated her taking that moment to clearly go against the firm. Crazy. <laughs> and and say, yeah, it, it is a fair assessment that I'm not okay. I thought that was so brave and so beautiful in its own right. And I think that too often we hide in shame when we need help. And because we hide in that shame, when we have that true cry for help, people don't really believe us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And... I think anyone, you know, who who's ever gone through anything, particularly um, and not particularly, but whoever's gone through anything that, you know, really mess with with how you handle your day to day life, you know, mentally, you know, it's exhausting. And I think that when you get to the point to where you say, all right, I'm not okay," I think that's beautiful. Because that's the first step, right? It's the first step to 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 getting the help that you need. There's strength okay. in that, though. It is. There's a lot of strength in, in in admitting that I don't have my shit together. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And it's so it's it's dope to say that because honestly, people look at me and it's like dep- depression. I'm like, man, like I, I'm like I don't got my shit together like that, you know. But it's like, but people don't want to hear that because they expect me to be this, that, and the third, and it's hard. You know, so many people. Deal with imposter syndrome. I do feel that way sometimes. And you are are in a situation where you're putting all of this hard work into something that isn't for you. Yeah. She's going, she's learning how to curtsy in the driveway. Yeah. And she's learning how to um, put a smile on while crying in between scenes at a play on a day that she was contemplating suicide, yeah. right? I think when we allow imposter syndrome to take over and we and we aren't honest with ourselves about our feelings, about how how situations impact us, I think it's dangerous. And for her to step out of that and say, I'm not okay, I think that is beautiful. Because it gives other women mm-hmm. the power to be in a situation that, you know, is a pretty big deal, but to say I need help. That was her cry for help. It was a cry. And it was, it was also revealing in how she said that I, you know, it's, no, one's ever, no one's asked me that. Right. A simple question, are you, are you right. okay? You know, she talks about um, the isolation of that. And I, I want to dig deeper into this, but before we move into that, just to, Microaggressions, and we said how it's a subtle, the subtle and intentional operation of like interactions and behaviors that are often directed towards 
you know, minorities or, um, you know, uh, marginalized groups in this particular fashion, black women. And I call it the silent killer mm. because you take on, it's like death by a thousand cuts. Yes. And you take on all these particular microaggressions all the time. And at some point it becomes debilitating yeah. because you're like, I'm like I, another one. And it's like, it's just, it's no, it's no big deal. You know, it's not a big deal. It's just, it no, it's just, and these little, these little paper cuts, and this thing, you're, you're bleeding out. You are literally bleeding out because you got a thousand paper cuts on you. You know, and I, I look at that's what was happening to her. It was a death by a thousand little. But these weren't paper cuts. These were actually machetes because they were assassinated trying to cut off her character, and they did so in such a, in in such classy a, way. Not even, <laughs> not even classy. They did it in such um, a surgical, surgical way, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They did it in a way to where it's not outwardly racist. We're just saying, you know what I mean? But it's just tabloids. <laughs> I know? don't see color. I don't see color, right? It was just very. <laughs> it was so surgical and diabolical in the way it happened that, it, and if she even asked or st- made a statement about it, oh, you're you're. You're being too much. You're being too loud. You're being, you know. Um, there was a fascinating part in that interview where she um, detailed how she uh, felt like she just wanted to see her friends. And they were like, no, you, 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 you're doing too much. You're doing too much. You're and too she, visible. You're too vi- and she's like, I ain't been out in four months. Like, And she's like, oh, that, that ain't got, just because you ain't been out in four months, that's a separate conversation. The fact that too many people Know who you are. Know you are. We gotta cut that back. You know how you know how when you go to you go to you bring you you go to um a family reunion or you bring someone new around. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I feel like that's what it was for her, right? It was a constant state of family hazing. Mm-hmm. She was an actress. Yeah. She was a she was, you know, a divorcee. Mm-hmm. You have all of these things. She was black. Yeah. You know, I should have bled with that, right? Right. She already had three strikes coming in. Mm-hmm. You you have this family. Well, I mean, Harry was a was a party boy, right? So yeah. I mean, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, they still felt their legacy was their legacy, and they still felt that their you know reputation was everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that they had someone who came to the cookout, and you ain't never seen her. Why you? What you want with my brother? Like right. you know what I'm saying. So I think they took her through unnecessary hazing because she came in with these strikes that they felt were deal breakers. And he had the audacity to say, she's going to be my wife. Right. So the concept of they brought her in to the fold and usually it's like, how you hating? You can't even get into the club. This time she was actually Mm -hmm. in the club. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Mm -hmm. she was actually inside. Like it would have been different. He would have brought one of the women that were kind of like, already checked off from the family. Oh, we know her. We know their, their bloodline. We know their lineage. You know what I mean? I don't think had, you know, she, uh, uh, Megan been a part of a lineage that they quote unquote respected. They would have, they wouldn't have come at her like that. And that sh- it shouldn't deserve that, but that's really what it came down to. Yeah. You, she, you know, this biracial family who from their account will be broken. Right. Right. You know, she doesn't have a relationship with her father. Yeah. They're probably wondering, you know, how are we going to deal with the press? The, the negative press is going to come They called with her that. baby mama. They said, Harry yeah. knocked up his baby. That was his yeah. wife. Yeah. They literally said, called that woman. But guess what? They called president Obama 
you know, they called Michelle Obama um, Barack Obama's baby mama. That's his whole wife. (laughs) You know, but that just shows you, like, the characterization that they were doing. Which, sidebar, which is why I did not like Coming to America, but we don't have to get into that. because Can we for a second, though? Can we? Because I'm tired of that conversation. So I want to insert, it's International Women's Day, so I'm going to insert my opinion. Oh, jeez. I thought that, um, so, okay, so the movie was fine. Okay. The movie was fine. Okay. What I did not like, and, and Kamara, this is something I addressed with you. I addressed it with someone else who, who loved the movie and was like, oh, you tripping. Because you, you were hating, right? As a brown-skinned, dark-skinned girl, mm-hmm. I hated, I cringe, 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 cringed at how they use Leslie Jones. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I don't think people... I'm sure somebody's going to listen to this and say she's doing too much, like whatever, whatever. That's fine. Right. I did not like, do you remember when, when Leslie Jones went through the whole conversation when she talked about how, when she was on Saturday night live and how unattractive they, you know, made her feel and all of that. Yeah. But then she went and monetized that and come into America when, by being labeled the wildebeest who drugged Mm. Prince Akeem and, yeah, and, the and last, ultimately and, conceived his son. Like, right. and then what? And then you know, thirty something years late, she's just loud, you know, uncouth. loud, obnoxious. Like, yeah. why the black girl? Why, why, yeah. why? When we look at black women, the 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 darker complected friend has to be the the ugly, funny one, or what? Like, why do we have to per- perpetuate those tropes? So again, like, I can go into it, you mm-hmm. know. Eddie Murphy and and his, you know, baby mothers are all white or light skinned, right? And then just having a male perpetuate mm. that stereotype mm. is just concerning for me. But we're not here for coming to America. We're not here I for that because that but, but here's the chest. thing though. I'm gonna say I'm gonna co-sign on that, but I'm just gonna leave it at that. Because honestly, I would I've been people have been in my mentions and all that talking about I'm a hater. I've been getting text messages and all that. Listen. You know, as Biggie might say, fuck y'all, fuck all yeah. y'all, get a grip. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. we're not getting into that. Um, I love y'all. I'm just joking. Um, but moving back into what we were speaking about. And you know what I got from that whole scenario, though? What's that? Abuse. Of course. I got abuse, man. Like, I got, like, and for those who are trying to, like, come on, what, what are you talking about? Like, abuse in this real sense is the feeling of isolation and taking away the victim's means of like independence, right? That's the first step and making them feel entirely reliant upon you without the feeling of protection. Yeah. So they essentially made her feel, they took, what did they do? They took away her passport, took away her driver's license, took away her cell phone, took away things that like her contact from the outside world, her feeling of independence, feeling of way she can get up, get away. And then they made her feel like, okay, yeah, you can rely on us for protection, but we're not going to really protect you. Right. And then we're and we're not going to step up for you. We're not going to we're not going to um guard you, right? Right. And I felt like that is the telltale sign of abuse. Like they were Absolutely. abusing her. Mental it was like a mental abuse. Not like it was mental abuse. Yeah. It was a, they were they were literally they treated like she was they were her pimp. Yeah. That's real shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know, I did. I saw some comments where people said that she signed up for it, but did I? You don't have to. But listen, did, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, but that's, do, but do that, I just because if I go into a situation and I know that there are certain customs in place, that's one thing. Right. But when you are stripping me of my identity, mm. and in the process, you are literally stumping me into the ground. Right. At every chance that you get. Right. I didn't sign up for that. Nope. I didn't sign up to be disrespected. I didn't sign up for you to not have my back. I right. didn't sign up to be disparaged in, in your media at every turn. But even if I signed up for it to be disparaged by your media, I signed up for you to protect me. Yeah. Because I'm part of your family. You know yeah. what was really crazy? Was she kept saying that Harry's family, Harry's family, Harry's family. Yeah. The psycho- psychologically speaking, that tells you something. They never, inv- they never really invited her in. She never really felt in. They made sure, and they did every aspect to make sure that you were an outsider and you would never be a part of this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? What we got is this La Cosa Nostra, you know, mm-hmm. mob shit, and you ain't. Mm-hmm. You can marry, but you ain't never gonna know about family business. And your son ain't gonna know about family business. Either. And your son definitely ain't gonna know about Who no the family child? business. That's ghetto. <laughs> what dog? That is ridiculous. Let's get into like they literally tried to bastardize an legitimate son of the crown by offering no protections. And the re, and and the irony is the things that she was not doing that was were not royal, but yet you break a whole tradition, whole ass tradition. What? Like In real and, they, life? and they didn't even they didn't even have a real legit reason. No, they were just like hey, that's just the way it is. But I guess when you are. When you are who they are, you don't need to have a reason because I said so. Because I said so. See, that's the thing of living within white supremacy. The goalposts are always moved. Yeah. You know, and that's what showed me right there. They were moving the goalpost once again. And it was like, you just got to accept it. And I ain't got to give you a reason. It's because I said so. It's because I said so. I ain't got to give you a reason. It's the shit what it, it is what it is. Yeah. Oh, and guess what? Harry... Since you since you married her, you can go too. You can go too. We can cut you off. We can cut you off. You ain't you gonna can, get no money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because that's abuse. It's, abuse is all about control, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then Harry mentions it. He says that the idea that there are part, people within his family, they feel they feel trapped, yeah. right? They feel trapped because they can't um, they can't speak out. Yeah. They can't do what they really want to do. You know, and so here they are going about their business like, I may want to say something, but I don't want to be treated like you. <laughs> yeah, and meanwhile, Harry, Ben had his own identity, so he don't care none about none of that. And I think that's the difference, right? You have mm-hmm. someone who walked to the beat of his own drum. Mm-hmm. So when this came about, he was willing to protect what he loved most, and that was Megan and his family and and to say like I'm not going to subscribe to this, and I think it's a trait that he picked up from his mother. Yeah. Clearly, yeah, you know, um, which I want to delve into that in a second. But I'm still I'm really fascinated by the concept of the family. Just really, they're afraid. Harry yeah. spoke to them like he, you know what he he like. I keep going back to his views. He he spoke like somebody that I escaped an abusive relationship, yeah. and you know. I, I made it out. I'm on the other side of it. You know, I feel freer. Yeah. Like, I didn't know I was in a... I didn't... He said that I didn't know until I had somebody open my eyes. Like, this is not normal, Harry. 
this is not the way they're operating is not normal. Right. You have to see this is not normal. And kudos to him for being self, you know, uh, self aware. self aware and strong enough to say, "You're right. This is not normal. We can't do this. Either they change or we got to leave." Right. Because it was his decision, which was fast. Because she was the concept. She was not willing to go. She was. She literally was. I will die in this thing for you. Mm-hmm. Think about that. She was not willing to leave. Oh, she was. I mean, she was not going to leave. Harry prompted them like, no, we out. Because she was willing, the, the love that woman had for Harry, she's willing to die. It's crazy. You know, for that man, for his family that don't give a fuck about her. But it, because, of, because if, you go, if, if, if you can't leave this thing, and I said I do, and I know what yeah. this is, that shit was wild to me. I don't, and that, I, Oprah didn't peel that away, but that's what I got from it. Like, I'm willing to die in this shit for you. And a woman, a, a woman who's willing to die on some shit for you, that's real love. Shout out to my wife. <laughs> I would never expect you to die. I want you to collect that insurance money. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> but, Good day. Uh, uh, but, um, no, like, real though. Like, I just, I just thought that was really fascinating, man. Like, just, yeah. and the family's, the family's concept of, like, it was more important to protect the brand mm-hmm. than the individual. What did you think about that? I think that sometimes we get so caught up in a pomp and circumstance and we get so caught up in how we want to be perceived. I think a lot of relationships are destroyed because of how we want the public to perceive us. Mm -hmm. And we focus more on that than just being a good person. Right. I, 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 I hate that. Harry's at a point to where he doesn't speak with his brother or his, or, father. or his father or, you know, the fact that their relationship is now Broken. tarnished yeah. because of, you know, what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 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 not they're not the anomaly. This happens in, in, in most families. Right. That's what I was going to say. Like, this is actually a real shit. Like, that's yeah. it, black, white, and different, brown. You this know, is, hey, this is common. You especially know, in black families. Dissension is common. Um, I think that. But I'm talking about not even dissension. I'm talking about even the, like, family business, family. We're not going to let the public know. It's more important to keep the image than to address the real shit going But I on. think the difference is, though, Kamara, when you talk about, you know, family business is family business. My like there are there are some families that won't allow the disparaging remarks or mm. the the lies to sit. Mm-hmm. When you are doing that intentionally, you're showing me that you are not my family. Mm. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. If I get out in the public and you know I have you know I may go through you know disagreements with my siblings or my parents. If I, the moment I get out in the public and it and it becomes public. I'm like, you know, I don't care nothing about that no more, mm-hmm. right? Like, and how the public perceives you from my vantage point, that's right. your business. Yeah. So I think that when you're speaking to family dynamics and, and what the family would allow, I think it varies in what you're willing to protect and what you would allow to just sit and settle because it's still disruptive. Right. Her The, how, the public's perception is still disruptive when it comes to that family yeah because it's also well what are you doing to make it better for her if this is the experience right what like how have you taken in this woman who is not from your family and who admittedly 
didn't Google him or know the right. customs or know. She had to learn how to curtsy in the driveway. Like, you know that this person is not one of you. Why didn't you do more to assist her, particularly if she's still here? So you know what I thought about that? Um, see, this is why our conversation be vibing. Cause this is, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I didn't even give you what my, my points were on this thing, and you were, like, going right down. You literally going on to my next point. It's crazy. Uh, they were setting her up for failure. Absolutely. How many times have you been in a situation like that? Oh, yes. It's, you know, and, and I think that when you're perceived as a threat, people will let you fall on your face, you even yeah. if it makes them look bad. Yeah. To say, I told you so. I told you they were going to fail. I told you she wasn't it. Yeah. I told you you should have gone with somebody else. Yep. I told you she shouldn't have come come um, come into our family. Right. You should I told have you, chosen I, someone else. I told you you shouldn't have chosen him to be your lawyer. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, no, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. real. No, I'm being, I'm being honest. Like, yeah, it's just, it, I'm laughing because, you know, there was a situation that happened when, and I, and I just thought of it, but yes, that's yeah, all of that. All of that is true. No, it, you know, when I'm a, I'm a parsing that into what I meant where, cause there's a lot behind the statement. Right. So for those not aware, um, the family and Megan mentions this, they didn't have any, like schooling for her. No. Like, you know, she talked about how I had to learn the British national anthem because I had to Google that shit. I had to learn on YouTube. Um, I didn't give me no decorum class. They didn't teach me nothing like about history, family history. Like I was just out here. I was just out here. Just, I was Wikipedia was my friend to help me with the to help me learn this family. But you want to know what I thought? What I learned in that? It wasn't even about them anymore. It's about when. You take on a task or someone, you know, you're a part of something that you're not used to and you do what it takes. Black women, black people yeah. are going to do what it takes to, to, right. to make sure that they don't fall. Right. To make sure that they don't fail. To make sure that they don't embarrass right. anyone, right? Right. And so I think that is that shows more about Megan than it shows about the process. Absolutely. And it allows me to look at her and her character more than I look at what they did not do. You didn't give this to me when it was due to me, right. but yet I did it anyway. Right. And I like I'm like I am truly a I'm a believer in that. I am a believer in you didn't want me and guess what? I did it anyway. Right. And that goes back to, you know, shameless plug, you know, you know, Monique Worrell when she ran for state attorney, Ooh. it was one of the things that that I loved and admired about that process. Mm -hmm. You know? The fact that she literally had to do it anyway, mm -hmm. and I and I and I love that. Despite the adversity, despite the trials that came, she did it anyway. And I think it's synonymous with Black women. We're going to do what needs to be done. Period. Mm -hmm. And we don't need your permission. We don't need your handout. We don't need you to, you know, give us what's owed to us. We're going to do it anyway. Well, you know, it's it's weird. Is that it shouldn't have been, and shout out to Monique and all the black women who do that and continue to do that. But is it a, really a handout or is it an expect, it's an expectation of courtesy? Well, when I say handout, that's how they saw it, right? Right. Which is why they didn't help her. Right. Because they didn't think that she, they needed to do anything. They right. didn't think that they were required to do anything. So, yeah, you know when, when you go to certain people, they feel that when you are asking for what is a part, what's a part of the job requirement. Right. 
if I if I well I did it. I pulled myself up by yeah, my, my bootstraps. You like you know what you know what that language is, yeah, right? Yeah, we all know what it is. So yes, they they do see it as a handout, right? Because they act like they did it on their own, when in reality, we know that they, isn't what happened, right. right? Nobody succeeds in this world by themselves. Nobody succeeds right. in a vacuum. No way. And for them to operate in that sphere, like, oh yeah, we're not going to help you, which I find really some bullshit because. You and I are part of Greek organizations. Yes. And somebody comes into your organization, and even if you don't have... Now, some of us may have actual playbook, like this is how you got to operate, boom, boom, boom. And then it's just like, here's the unspoken things you need to do. I'm going to pull you to the side because I don't want you to look crazy in front of the bros, or you, I don't want you to look crazy. You, like, I don't want to look crazy in front of the Soros or whatever like that, yeah. right? Like, it, I'm going to put you on some game because I feel like I want you to succeed. The fact that nobody put her up on game... Is wild to me. It's telling. It's telling because you have because you have those people. I didn't vote for her, right? So I'm not about. She's gonna be out there looking crazy by herself, like right. you know what I'm saying. I do. So even w- using that as you know an analogy is hilarious because when you, you Greek life is the same way, right? I didn't vote for you. So, I no, am. I'm not about to be out here trying to help you. You figure it out. You figure it out. Like, the same yeah, way you I figured figure it out. out. Right. Don't go on no road trips. Like, right. you know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. so I think that, I think it happens. And, and you didn't and, come in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> I think, <laughs> so petty. I think it happens in so many organizations and, and different entities and family situations. And it's just a matter of how you cope with it and how you, how you deal with it that ultimately determines determines your outcome and I'm just happy that she was able to figure it out on her own and then ultimately get to a point to where she knew that that no longer served her I am all for leaving spaces that no longer serve me Mm. that's what's the beauty of it right and uh, just before we move past that I just want to say what I meant by uh, attorneys when you give somebody a case right and then you know like all right listen I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of help you out here because the best cases I've had with when I've had opportunities, let me just say this, when somebody else looked out for me and be like, all right, I'm going to kind of, I know this is new for you, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to help you out. So here's what, here's what you got to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's beautiful. That's beautiful, right? You know, not like, all right, I just gave you this thing, now figure it out. Like, because I'm going to, I might fail and then I might fuck up. You know what I mean? And so- Pivoting back to Megan, you know what Harry said. Harry said when she went on that that trip and then she pulled it off, you know, with a plum. <laughs> she pulled it off gracefully. That probably that infuriated them. That's when he said shit, shit ratcheted up. Like he was like, they were like, oh, no. That you were supposed to fail. Oh, you gonna go out there and do that good? Oh, yeah. In my face? In my face? You gonna you gonna embarrass me by performing well? Cool. You're not going to be the angry black woman. Yeah, cool. I got something for you. You're going to be out there talking real meek to the media? Right. Really? You're going to be smiling and everything and, and operate? Who taught you that? <laughs> <laughs> Google. Oh, okay. Oh I'm going to take away your internet now. Awful. That's, <laughs> that's awful. But that's how they felt. Like, so, all right. Um, What do you think about them not, like, not wanting to protect the, the black son? I don't think anything of it. Are, do you? I, mean, I, I think just, that, I think, again... They are who we thought they were. Yeah. And and the irony is, this is a family that <laughs> they were protected in relationships, but you're not going to protect your child or your grandchild. 
Your great great grandchild. How about we're gonna your protect you? How about we're gonna protect, you know, a certain person who's a child predator? Yes. You know, but not an innocent child. Not an innocent child. We're not. So that's, I, that just shows you how white supremacy is so nefarious. So so again, when it when it comes to this, I don't think anything of it because they are who I thought they were. And I think once we move past that, it's just like, damn, that's sad. I should have friggin' dropped the Dennis, Dennis Green. You, you, they are who we thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? I just, you know, I, I do, I have, my heart definitely goes out to, you know, to her in that situation. More so because, you know, these are the same pro, it's, it's like when people are pro-life but not pro-black life. mm Right. Yeah. All lives matter, but not really the black ones. Right. Like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I hate to bring it up, but I hate no. to I hate to make those similarities or those comparisons. I rock with it though. But it is what it is. Yeah. All lives matter, but knowing that this is a security concern, I'm gonna still leave you out there on your own. I'm gonna let you out here cold and by yourself. What? And what does leave. that even mean? Like. And 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 Megan said. As far as it protects who he is as a person, that's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. I just want him to have the protections. He doesn't have to be your 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 you know your black prince or king one day. Let's just make sure he's protected. But you know what? Which 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 fucking infuriated me. They wanted him. They wanted to create a lineage. Of otherness. They wanted to create a lineage of where he had a psychological problem. Because think about him growing up in a place with certain privileges, but he's he's grown up now in an environment where, yeah, um, not only you're not going to be a prince, but we're not going to protect you, but you're still around us, though. So, like, they wanted him to have a psychological condition of feeling less than. And that breaks my heart because that is, especially being a black boy, you know, like it's like you you wanted him to be fucked up, like from the beginning, like you like I broke you wanted this child to be damaged out the womb. But isn't that what micro assaults are? Yes, it's when you are intentionally, deliberately exhibiting discriminatory behavior because you feel like this person does not deserve your space. Right. That's what a micro assault is. Right. It's not just about microaggression. We can literally go through this entire theory of how it all works. It's skipping over the black person in line. Right. It's not acknowledging the black person in or, the store. Intentionally. Or I'm going to fuck up your name. Or yes. Yes. Or is, is writing K E S H I A when there's clearly Keisha in the email that you sent to me. Right. <laughs> it's intentionally dismissing Calling me Camara. who I am. Camera. There's no E in my name. Motherfucker, stop calling me camera. <laughs> it's intentionally, it's deliberately, you know, stripping a person of their entire being so that you can remain superior. Yeah. And I think that that was the the most egregious part of all of this. Yeah. The micro assault on a baby. Yeah. Before he was even born, right. you were talking about his color. He was being policed. Yeah. Before he, he even was even took his first breath. born. And that's just a level of sick that I just can't get with. No. So, again, they are who we thought they were. So, let's go ahead and end this on a fact of 
I did the other side of that conversation. Did she? Did she night? Well, she was naive about this, right? Because not um, Harry admits being naive. Did she operate with a bit of naivete? There was a situation where I, um, I was, I, I went and I, I, I needed clarification on something, right? And, and once I got the clarification and I, I unpacked or discovered later on that there was like, you know, all these conversations that were happening, like while all of this was going on. And I remember saying how naive of me, right? Like, I'm just ridiculous to think that, you know, I could go to Kamara and say, Hey, I need X, Y, Z. And Kamara was going to help me. Right. And Kamara is not the person I'm just using the name because this is the podcast. Cause right? I always help her though. So say that always help you, please. He does. Kamara does always help <laughs> okay. me. I'll call Kamara like Kamara. Listen, clean let's up, talk this yeah, over. Clean it up. Yeah, I don't want to be the <laughs> let's, let's talk this over. <laughs> but I'm just like you know, I, I can't. I didn't say. I don't know if it was naive or whatever. Whatever word I used, someone said to me, "No, you weren't. Mm. You trusted that by doing the right thing and learning." what was required to do ABC that they were going to assist because that was their lane, right? right? You didn't go into it suspecting that they had, you know, this, this had it out for you or they were going to try to turn it into something that it wasn't. I think that's what it is, right? You try to go into things well-intentioned right. and hoping that, you know, people are going to give you, give back what you give them. At least that's how I operate. And I think that it was, I, I want to say that it was more of that than anything else. Right. With her continuing to go on trips, with her continuing to perform duties, with but her I, wanting to die and going to a play, crying in between, in between scenes and mm-hmm. smiling when the when the lights come, come on. It's trying yeah. to show, y'all, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm yeah. doing what you want me to do. And, and just hoping that at some point, They'll say, I recognize it, I see you, and okay, we got you. And the fact she said, I, in the beginning, said, I, I'm writing you a letter to let you know, you use me. You yeah. Know, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to literally indoctrinate myself into your world. Yes. You know? um, yes. But I guess the question is, was she naive? Because there's some, like, I'm talking about, I didn't Google my husband. And there's some, yeah. I've seen some skeptics, like, you didn't Google, seriously, you didn't Google him? Like there, I mean, and here's my thing. So the fuck, what if she did, right? If she did or she didn't, that still doesn't give her author, give them authorization to to dehumanize her. Like, what does that even? When I hate when people put ancillary things on stuff that's not even important. You know what I mean? Like, oh, she should have known better. You know, she knew what she was getting into. Oh, this is a family that was uh, got. Years of colonialism. Right. I get it. But guess what? Y'all married into some fucked up families too. Yeah. <laughs> you know Love what I'm saying? Do some stupid stuff. Yeah. Does that, does that give them carte blanche to treat you fucked up? So I think one of the things that I'll say is. I got I don't cold. Think it got I, cold for people and they listen to be like, oh shit. <laughs> I don't think anyone. I don't think you you don't I don't think you know everything about a marriage before you go into it, right? No. Um and maybe she didn't. I I don't know. What I will say is um did she did she 
see things and know things and turn a blind eye to it, right? You remember there was there was a picture like didn't Harry wear like a like I know, a it was not this watch ago, yeah. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? like we we know who these people are. You don't know who they are. You 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 know what I'm saying? So right. I don't know if if I would call that naive, right? Because some people do want to give love a fighting chance. You know, this is a woman who's been married before and she mm. found someone who and everyone always they they talk about how fun he is and how, you know, um attentive he is and whatever whatever and how much he adores her i can see you know someone being sucked sucked into in, into that mm-hmm. i don't know if she was naive i i i do think that perhaps she saw some things and and decided to stick with love or that's and it, guess what know, people, do, people do it all the time people regular do people do it all regular the time. regular degler as cardi yeah. b says regular degler people do that shit all the time yeah and they allow themselves to be to your point sucked into love and you ignore obvious things about that person or about that family yeah and you say you know what i don't really like how they rock they kind of fucked up yeah. But I love this person. Yeah. And I just I just can't see someone knowingly going into a situation that they know could ultimately destroy them, right? I just want to no, give I just want to give her a little bit more credit than that, that. But what is that, right? So what is that that thought process of again cuz it be your very own, right? We got that's a saying in our community. It be your very own. Because I've seen black people on the social media like, oh, well, she kind of knew what you're getting into, da, da, da. Almost like, well, she, like she deserved it. Like she, part and, and that is of, so ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous, man. I remember I talked to a friend, and it was a year or so ago, just how, when they le- actually left. And I said, what do you think about that? And that person literally said, like, oh, I can't stand her. Yeah. I can't stand her, like, for breaking up that family. Like, yeah. And so I was like, damn, I, I didn't delve into it because I didn't want to get an argument. But I was like... Did you just really like shift the the blame under her? Yeah. Like this woman ain't she's not that powerful to be like I just thought that was w- wild to do that to a person and it's like you just dehumanize that person to a to to nothing because you wanted to prop up yourself or yeah or that or the idea of them. That was more important to you. The idea of them than the humanity of her. And we, but we do that as a society, right? The idea of something is bigger than the humanity of the person. I think um, even when you look at how Harry's mother was treated, I think that that is that's the break, most break, broken heart thing. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that um, what did she say? He's he had already lost so much, mm-hmm. right? Um, when you look at what these same people did to her. Right. It, isn't that a conspiracy that the paparazzi killed her? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't subscribe to, to conspiracy theories, but I do remember hearing that. Um, I, I, I just think that, you know, she didn't get a fair shake. He didn't get a fair shake. And they went into it very vulnerable and open to something that just wasn't wasn't mm. that didn't provide the re- um, that wasn't reciprocal. And I think that. Um, without that reciprocity, you ultimately have what what they have now, which is a separation from the royals, and they're living their life. The royals are living their life, and all of us are speculating and talking about just how toxic it seems. Toxic as fuck. So here's the, the problem I have, and I, the father 
this is why I said it breaks my heart breaks my heart the most. The father. Yeah. You knew he, he knows what that's what that's about. He knows what that's about. You experienced that shit like 30, 40 years ago. And yet you let your son just wither on the vine like you don't even give a fuck. Like that's no love. There's no love there. Well, maybe he should have um you know, the hair mistress come in like Prince Akeem's son and remind him <laughs> and remind him of 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 what what he what he did. And then, you know, they can run off and get married in Queens, but, but, but not really. But not really. But here's the thing. It's it's I, I mean, we can. That's a whole nother episode. But it's the fact that a father knows what his son's going through yeah. and decides you know, not I'm not. Business. It's not. It's, it's none of my business. I'm not gonna get in. I'm. I'm just not gonna help you out. I felt like that's insidious. Absolutely. That's insidious in its way, and that just speaks more to the father than to Harry. You know, and to the family in general. You know, so listen. I know we kind of mind it. We got. We um. We went through it all. I. I appreciate you, Keisha. What do you think? You think this is a good discussion? This was a very good discussion. We should have more. We should have more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to keep you on. Yeah. We should have more discussions. This was this was a good one. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this discussion, please say so and share it with your friends on social media and in text message. Um, you know, obviously I said leave a great message review, review on Apple if you're so inclined. And listen, man. I, Sharing is caring, uh, telling people by word of mouth, like, yo, this is a fire-ass show. Please, please, please support it. Um, it does a lot, and I am really appreciative. Just like I'm appreciative of Keisha coming out and... Anytime, Kamara. Yeah, and showing love and giving her opinion on it. And um, I appreciated her. And so with that, we're going right out, and uh, peace. <laughs>